Well, I just want to welcome everybody today to today's Entrepreneur Show. My name is Heidi Richards Mooney. I'm your host. I'm the founder of Women in E-Commerce and publisher of We Magazine for Women. And it is really my pleasure to introduce you to my next guest. I've known Marsha Sims for many years. Uh, we met through various organizations, including the Florida Speakers Association. And Marsha will probably remind me of the other ones because I know we've been to a few. And um, it's just wonderful for me when I get to reacquaint myself with um, friends I've known for a long time that we've kind of been out of touch. So Marsha, first of all, thank you very much for being here today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. I was so happy when you, when you thought about asking me to be on your show. This is just wonderful. I'm, it's I'm great. It, you know, it's great because you have such great information and I think we all need to be able to be a little more organized and more, um, you know, sorted out, if you will. So let me tell everybody a little bit about you. So Marcia Sims is has a company called Sorted Out Inc. Professional Organizing Service, which evolved from Marcia's desire to get organized. It was a personal quest, Marcia told me. Founder of Sorted Out Inc. in 1992, Marcia was an owner of Sims Realty in Miami, Florida. Uh, Hurricane Andrew helped her to make the decision that she wanted to do something else. So not knowing what to do, Marsha met with a professional development coach. Do this and you will be really successful, the coach said, handing Sims the application for the National Association of Professional Organizers. So your coach must have seen something in you that you did not even know existed, which is so wonderful about coaches. If we have time, I'd maybe like to chat with you a little bit about working with a coach. But today, Marsha is going to talk about how she made a career out of her quest, how she helps clients get rid of clutter, and what you can do to get more organized. So again, Marsha, welcome and thank you for being with us. My pleasure. So tell us about Sorted Out and what inspired you to pursue organizing in particular as a career. Well, the truth is I never pursued organizing as a career. <laughs> it, it just happened. I had three little kids and I owned a real estate company and Hurricane Andrew happened. And after Hurricane Andrew, my three kids had this food habit and I had to figure something out. <laughs> so, I, I went to this woman, a friend of mine came to my office. She said, there's a woman in town named Mother Kelly and she coaches displaced executives, and you should go and talk to her. Oh. No, nothing. Didn't know she was a coach. I didn't know anything. I just went because I needed to do something. Real estate wasn't working right then. You know, if, if you were for anyone who was around during that disaster in real estate, all I was on the north end of town, but the south end of town. It was just terrible. So we released all of our listings and we just, it was a free for all. So I needed to do something. And I went to this woman and I had stored up everything about me. I told her everything I'd ever done really fast because I only had a very small budget to tell her everything. And as fast as I could, I told her everything I'd ever done in my whole life. And then I stopped and she just looked at me and she said, I know what you should do. And she handed me the application for NAPO. And I took it and I, I went to my car and I cried. And I said, she doesn't know anything. I can't get organized. I don't know how to be organized for myself. I can't help other people. And 
but I had the application for NAPO and they were having a convention in Orlando. Wow. And I thought, okay, I can't organize for me, but I know how to make friends. I've been in sales forever. So I went there intending to learn how to get organized. That was all I wanted. And I wrote down all of my questions, things like, what do you do with all the recipes, even if you're not going to cook? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Or what do you do with all the toys? Because I had three little boys. They had all these toys. Where do they go? And where do you, this, yeah, well, you know, where do you put all the stuff that you don't want anymore? Where does it go? Like now when I do before and after pictures, the biggest question I get is where did all the stuff go? Where does all the stuff go? How do you know? All those questions. And I had them all written down in a composition book. And I would meet people. I'd meet these organizers, these organized types. And I'd ask them my questions. But I'd say, you know, my client has this question. What do you think? And they were answering my question. <laughs> like, how do you file stuff so you can find it again? I mean, I know the alphabet. I have a college degree. Of course, I can file. Duh. But I could never find it because... <laughs> I would name it something different every time. C for car, A for automobile, B for Betsy. That's what I used to call my old car. You know, how do you know what to call stuff? Like all those things that my clients asked me were my questions. So they were so nice to me. These are the nicest people. Organizers are really nice people. They are. And they answered all my questions. And I came back to Miami. Con ready to get organized again, because that's what we do, right? We get organized, we fix it all up. It comes right back. So we can organize again, gets all messed up again. We, it comes right back. So I was ready. I mean, I was in that yo-yo thing. I fixed, I was fixing everything up. I was so excited. I dumped everything out of my file cabinet. Don't do that, by the way. Bad, bad thing to do. But I did it. I had to ask some of my organizer friends, how do you get everything back in? Like, where does it go? So, so, but the one thing I didn't know back in 1992 when I joined NAPO was they were going to give people my name as an organizer. So my phone started ringing and people would call me up and they'd say, hi, I'm looking to hire a professional organizer. How much do you charge? I didn't charge anything because I didn't know anything about organizing. <laughs> <laughs> Was that one question you forgot to ask the organizers? Like, how much to charge? <laughs> I, I, I never intended to be an organizer. So this one, and so I'd get people off the phone. They'd call me, I'd make up a reason, I'd get them off the phone because I never intended to be an organizer. I was just trying to learn for myself. And this one woman kept calling me and she wouldn't stop. She'd call, I'd get her off the phone. She'd call, it got to the point where I'd recognize her name, but you know, we didn't have caller ID back in 1992. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't know it was her. I was hoping, you know, maybe it was a real estate person. I don't know. And she called and she wouldn't stop calling me. So finally, I, I just... I felt bad. She kept saying, you know, my husband's going to leave me. I'm going to get fired. I can't let anybody in my house. And she was saying all that stuff. And she kept calling and call. So finally, I, I went to her house because I just felt guilty because I didn't know what to say. I couldn't keep telling her no. And when I went, tears came to my eyes. It was terrible. It's terrible. 
she was a hoarder, but that was before all these hoarder shows. I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know about hoarding and all that. I just knew I had to help her, and I just knew that there was more to organizing than moving people's stuff around. Yeah. And I mean, it was terrible. She had she put medicine in the oven because she was afraid she'd lose it. She had shoes in her file cabinet. It was it was crazy. There was like no rhyme or reason to anything. Wow. It, was, it was terrible. There was nowhere to eat. Everything was everywhere. It, it looked like somebody ran in her house, threw all her stuff around, and then ran out. It, it, there was no, there was no pattern. It was just stuff. So I, it it became. I, I wasn't a professional, and she wasn't a client. It, she was just a human in need, and I had to help her because it was so bad. I just had to help her. So. When I got ready to leave, she cried and I cried. And I knew that there was more to this. It wasn't about stuff. It was about people. So I was in my element because I'm good with people. I've never been good with stuff. People, <laughs> pe I haven't. I mean, people come to my organizing. Now I train organizers. But I have what I call client-focused organizing. My, my program is called client-focused organizing because it's not about the stuff. It yeah. isn't. We all get stuff. It's not about stuff. It's about people. Yeah. I get the same junk mail that I now know what to do with. I've, I've learned how to organize now, but I learned it through working with people. It's all about people. Yeah. So I, I was never inspired to pursue organizing. For the first 12 years, I was looking for something else to, <laughs> to do. And one day somebody referred to me as a veteran organizer because I'd been in the industry so long. And I thought, well, yeah, I guess I, I guess I might as well stay here. It's working. I'm feeding my kids. Their food habit is fine. I, it sent them to college. I'm OK. It's great. So I'm happy now. I'm settled. Okay. What happens is we need permission sometimes to let go of stuff. Right. At least in my case, it's like I've I'm I wouldn't say I'm an actual hoarder, but I'm a piler. So I have little piles here and there around the house. Uh, my house looks clean when you walk in. No one would know that I do that. But if they came into my office, they'd see a pile on a chair. They'd see a pile on my desk. They might see a pile behind me. That's what I do. And so I know that it's you know everybody has different stages of if you will, needing organ to be helped with organizing. And I have hired organizers in the past and they've been a huge help because I, that first, the first thing I would think of to do is to empty out the file cabinet on the floor. But it's just as you said. Yeah. That's and, uh, yeah. But that's not, 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 not the way to do it. Yeah. So you learn, but it's so, so tell me what are some of the challenges obviously that you faced uh, you faced a lot of challenges when you first started out. First of all, not knowing that this is what you really wanted to do, but um, it doesn't have, help. Go ahead. And having three kids. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it, you had to. Yeah, you had to feed their habit. Uh, it doesn't sound like you had a challenge finding clients at the beginning. Maybe was that because people were there weren't a lot of people in your in your industry? Is that why, or or did you have? trouble finding clients? And if so, what did you do to find those clients when you first started? Because obviously you had to make a living at this. Yeah. I have never had trouble finding clients, but 
I came from having owning a real estate company. So in real estate, everyone's, you know, there, there are so many realtors that the comedians say, you know, when the police pull people over, they don't ask for your driver's license. They ask for your real estate license because everybody has one. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I gave I, mine up 10 years ago. <laughs> they had one. Yeah, everybody, you know. So and they say in Florida, you know, that's that's the number one occupation. But I don't know if that's true, but that's the joke. But co competition has never been an issue for me because I don't try to compare myself to everybody. I know what I'm really good at okay. and I know what I'm not really good at. So I don't consider that another organizer is competition. Although I have to say that when I started in 1992, there weren't very many organizers. As a matter of fact, I think I was the first one in Miami-Dade County who actually went into people's homes and offices. So having no competition is probably helpful. It was also very helpful that I, I would send out press releases because I didn't know any better. And the media never published my press release. Okay, let me say that. My press releases must have been awfully bad. Never, maybe once. I think Boomer Times published one press release. And I'd send them out all the time because I read a book that said you should do that. Right. But what happened was, since what I did was unusual, they kept me in their files. And so whenever they needed to do to do an interview uh, with an organizer, they would. I was in the file because I had sent a press release, which was very helpful. And then because I had was in Toastmasters back, well, I've been in Toastmasters forever, but because of that, I never had time to actually do speeches. So I always participated in something called table topics. And I'm saying this because anybody who's listening to the program should do this. It's a really good idea. Table topics is impromptu speaking in Toastmasters. And they, you know, you have one to two minutes to, to answer a random question. And so because all I did was table topics, I got really good at answering random questions in one to two minutes. And that's all an interview is. So I found that I was very, very good at media interviews, which was very helpful because if you do a really good radio or media interview, they will call you back. So for a big span of time in my, in the early years in my business, I was in the media a lot, which was also very helpful. I also learned in real estate about networking. And I also learned how to ask people for large, large sums of money with a straight face, which was also helpful. So all those things put together was very helpful in terms of marketing my business. The fact that I taught special ed when I first got out of college was very helpful in terms of being able to create strategies for people with special needs was very helpful for working with my clients. So it, it, it ended up that I had a lot of little skills that I never thought were connected, like working in manufacturing. I used to own a lingerie manufacturing company for a couple of years. And knowing manufacturing terminology was helpful when I went in and worked in a manufacturing company. I had a client who manufactured furniture and another one who manufactured blinds. So all the, all the little things that I happened to know about just kind of fell into place for me in this industry. The fact that I love to write, all of that, everything just fell into place. That so, is so wonderful. That yeah, is so wonderful. 
Yeah, so you it, found it found me. It, it found me. Yeah, I, I just, I just fell into it. So who's the ideal client? Who do you work with? You know, people ask me that a lot, and it's a tough question. I've narrowed it down to five different types of people. You know, you read all these marketing books, and they say, who's your ideal client? And, and I could never narrow it down to one. So it's people who are coachable, who really want to make a change in their lives, which, how do you pick that out? So my five client types are young moms who like stay-at-home moms, homeschooling moms. That's a big, big percentage of my business. Women who work, who are swamped, overwhelmed, frustrated, and busy, sometimes newly divorced or pending divorce, and you know, in that when life is just overwhelming, have a big percentage. Down people who are trying to downsize is, is a significant part. Home-based business people is significant. And I do work with hoarders. I love working with hoarders. There are organizers who say they wouldn't touch hoarders. But for me, it's so rewarding if I can go someplace. You know, I, I say the worse it is, the better I am. You know, the more they need me, you know, the, the, the better I am. So when I go into a place that appears to be impossible and I leave and it's beautiful, Sometimes I want to walk back in and look at it just so I can feel wonderful. But I think the fact that I understand how it feels when you're, when you feel disorganized, when you can't find things, when you, when, when I can, I can remember my son asking me, where's that paper that you, I need to take back to school. And I get that panic feeling because I have no idea where it is or where's, where's the book you borrowed. And, I don't even remember having borrowed, you know, that panic feeling. <laughs> I, I relate to that. So because I understand how it feels when you're, when you're struggling or when you're in pain, that's been very helpful. And when I started training people who wanted to be organizers, I started with people who really, really get it. People who understand, people who have the disorganized gene because they have the empathy level to go in and help people. They just don't have the, the technical skill of how do, you, how do you approach it and how do you do it? So my feeling was if I can teach you how to organize something and you already know how to work with the people, then that's dynamite. If you just know how to organize stuff but you're not good with the people, then when you leave, they don't feel help, they don't feel supported, they just feel like their, their space is cleaned up and then they mess it back up again. So for me, it's right. never, ever been about this stuff, ever. It's always about the people. Well, that's, that's just wonderful. I think that, and that's why you've made such a difference and you've been in business as long as you have. One of the few that's still around, I'm sure in your profession, like many people come and go, they put their feet in, try to figure out how to do it. They realize that they're not good at it for whatever reason, probably the people end, I would imagine, um, or just simply not good business people. Um, but we have a really great question and I want to, I want to read it out loud. So it's on the recording. And if you wouldn't mind answering this, it, uh, uh, Jay City Sheik says, I need 
to figure out when to keep things and when to throw it away and also what are keepsakes. So would you mind addressing those two questions? Absolutely. I love, I love questions. I'm much better at questions than just making up stuff because I don't know what people want to know. So thank you for, for taking the time to ask me that. And, and the answer really depends on you. I have never, ever said to anyone that you should throw your things away because I can't make that decision. You have to make that decision. But there are guidelines. So, for example, how much should you keep? Well, it depends on your space. If you have a bookshelf that will hold 52 books, but you have four, 54 books, then you have a two-book problem. If you live in a 4,500 square foot home, you can keep a lot more than if you live in an 800 square foot apartment in Manhattan. It's about what you, how much space you have. If you have a garage, you can keep stuff in the garage. If you don't have a garage, then you have to more carefully think through your space. So you keep the things that, as my colleague says, Sandra Felton says, you keep things that are beautiful or difficult to replace. You keep things that you need. You don't keep things that you don't need. The problem is if I walked into a room and it was piled up with everything, there's a lot in there that you need. And there's a lot in there that you don't need, that you don't want, that you don't even know is there because it's bar it buries the things that you need. The reason we don't like to go through old things is because we, we have to make so many decisions because ultimately what clutter is, is decisions that we haven't made. That's ultimately what it is. So because of that, you just have to make a decision. You want to proactively keep the things you want, not keep them because they're already there. So when to keep things, you keep the things that you want and need. You don't keep the things that you don't want and don't need. Okay, so that sounds simple. So how do you get to that? Well, when it's stuff, non-papers, you simply use the yes, no, maybe method. Yes, I want it and I know where it goes. And then you put it there. No, I don't want it. It's leaving. It's going to the garbage. It's going to charity. It's going to Aunt Susan. And then there's the category of maybe. Maybe means I want it, but I have no idea where it goes, or I don't know if I want it or not, and I can't let it go until I make that decision. Keepsakes are whatever you define as keepsakes. So, for example, this pen maybe is garbage because it doesn't work anymore, or maybe it's treasured because somebody very special gave it to me. I can't make that decision for you. You have to decide if something is a keepsake or not. But when you decide it's a keepsake, decide where you want to keep it so that it's something special. It's not just randomly thrown in a box because you didn't know where to put it. The, the answer is to make a decision, not to just randomly throw things here just for now until I decide. And it's all about being proactive not being reactive about your things. I hope that answered your question. 
I think that's, I think that was a great question. I think it was a great answer. I, I hope you answered. It says, yes, you, yes. So you did answer it. I like what she says. If I buy something, it's valuable because I work for it, but I don't have the space to keep all that I buy. Well, I would tell you, I, I mean, this is not true confessions or anything, but I've got more shoes than I will ever wear or that I need. And I have a hard time parting with those sixth grade uh, black patent leather T-straps because they still fit. But I will never wear them again. So those to me are a keepsake because they remind me of that first dance. But uh, by the same token, it's like they take up space. I could be putting a pair of shoes in that I would wear. So I just, I, that's where I get like crazy. Well, here, here's the thing. Do. If you have enough space to hold on to all of your shoes, keep them. Okay. Yeah, I do. Unfortunately, it's I not do. a problem <laughs> unless you can't find the shoes you need to wear when you need to wear them. So if you have, okay, let I'm just going to make up a number. Let's say you have a small closet that will hold 15 pair of shoes, but you have 45 pair of shoes. Well, then you. Did you see my closet? <laughs> It's a lot more than 45, I'm ashamed to say. Or no, I'm not. I worked hard for them. But, you know, <laughs> anyway, you go ahead. Judgments. There, there is no number that's right. The number that's right is the number that fits comfortably in your closet that works for you. If you just have a little bit of space, but you insist that you need to keep more, then be more creative about your space. Go to Pinterest and look at ideas for keeping a lot of shoes. There's thousands of ideas on there. You know, uh, the question, oh, yeah. the question about mail is a question that I, I don't want that to go by. And it's moving. Oh, okay. oh no, I was going to ask that. Go ahead. You, will you repeat it? And then, and then sure. answer Why do it? people collect great. mail, especially bills, if they're not going to pay them? Okay. I'm not going to say why they're not going <laughs> to They're not going to pay them. Okay. We're, we're emotional about our papers. And we keep too much, especially when it comes to papers, out of fear. It's fear-based. We're afraid we might need it. We're afraid somebody will find out. We're afraid that, you know, the, the IRS is going to call us up and we don't have a seat. We're afraid that, you know, the papers represent so much. Our lives really are in our papers. And why we keep things, that's really not the issue. Here's the issue. The issue is how should you keep things? So my recommendation is you keep your papers by the year. That's it. Get an accordion folder, write the year on it, and have January to December, and every month put stuff in it and then put it away. Ten years from now, you probably can let it go, or maybe not. But it's okay if you have room for it. The whole key to what you save and what you don't save really is not a judgment about should you or should you not. It's about the quality of life that you want to have. If you need to keep so much that you're stepping over it, that's when it's a problem. But if you're putting it away and it's not in the way, then in my personal opinion, it's not a problem. It's only a problem when it's a problem to you. But there is no number of pair of shoes or number of years that you should keep bills or number of files that you should have. There is none. I, I looked at a YouTube video by an organizer one year, and she said, no one should ever have a file cabinet with more than two drawers in it. 
I thought that was completely ridiculous. How can you say that? You don't know how many papers I need. I have lots of file cabinet capacity because I have lots of papers that I think I need. I have way more books than I'll ever need because in my mind, one day I want to read them. And if I want to read them, why should I rebuy them? I have the space. I have the bookshelves. Why should I throw away my books? I shouldn't. They make me happy. I look at my books. They give me hope that one day I'll have time to sit on a yacht somewhere and read. <laughs> if that's unrealistic, <laughs> that's okay. They make me feel happy. So why should I get rid of them? Because somebody who doesn't even know me says, you should only have 500 books or 50, but whatever. There's no number. The number is the number that works for you. I think that's brilliant because, you know, I, I've actually had a couple of organizers in my home. They were clients of mine and then they want to come and look at your stuff and see how you're organizing. And and both of them had different right. uh, approaches right. to my files, you know, but my piles go up and down. I, I look through them. I, I do happen to collect paper. And here's what I love now. Um, and I want to address the, the, the issue with the paper. Let me let me first address the issue with paper. I asked my attorney, I mean, my accountant, what do I need to keep? And he advised me how many years I should keep something. And then after those years are over, I do exactly what you say. They're all in, in um, accordion files. I it, like for this year, I will throw away anything that was over seven years old because I don't need it. I only worry the IRS will need it. I could care less what right. I did eight years ago in, you know, other than, you know, I may scan a document that's got a total or write it down somewhere. But what I love now is all the cloud-based storage that we have that gets rid of a lot of that. And, and I think that the younger, the, the today's generation of, of uh, innovators have really found a way to make it easier. So instead of hoarding paper now, I, I hoard, hoard other hoard stuff. computer files. <laughs> yeah, computer files, exactly. If you looked at my desktop, I would be more ashamed of you to see right. my desktop than my office because there's just so many files in on my desktop. And I feel like I need every one of them. And I can find things. I know how. But I remember when I first started filing for my business, I would file things under new, like it was a new something, under the word N, instead of the actual item. And when I finally was able to hire my first bookkeeper and she came in and couldn't find she. We just had a great laugh about it. And she taught me how to do it if I wanted to do it right. And I said, no, that's why I've hired you. But of course, now I know how to do it. But I could never find things as I filed them, as you said, like car, automobile, and Betsy. You know, you got to know. Um, yeah, I think you're right. The cloud is a beautiful agent that we can save all things online. I, I, I'm not sure if it's a, a gadget. I'm not sure uh, how beautiful it is or if we should save all things online. Yeah. But the fact that we can. You know, I think it alleviates a certain amount of pressure that we have to want to keep everything, right. you know. So let, let me respond to your piles of papers. Okay. okay. I, I have created Thanks. a filing system that I call FAST filing, F-A-S-N-T. FAST is an acronym that stands for File, Act, Read, or Talk. Okay. Um, File, uh -huh. app, uh -huh. shred, right. or toss. Because you will notice that in your papers, 
those are the only four categories of what you need to do with papers that come in. You're either going to file them away for future reference. They require some kind of action on your part. You need to respond to it. You need to pay it. You need to do something. You're going to shred it because it has uh, personal information on it. You're just going to throw it away. So for my students and clients with, huge, with offices that are completely full of everything, all the papers, well, they need to go in one of four categories. And then we handle them in reverse. Everything that, that should be tossed, throw it away. That's just garbage. Everything that needs to be shredded, put it, figure out how you want to handle shredding. Are you going to take it to your bank to shred? Are you going to shred it while you watch your favorite TV show and every day you're just shredding a little bit at a time? Then after you handle your shred or you plan for how you're going to handle your shredding, then we create your action files. There's a certain way that I teach people how to create action files so that they don't get buried. Because the reason you keep piles is because piles make sense. If you file something away and you can't find it, you're much worse off than if you keep it in a pile. Piles are like reverse chronological storage in a way. They are. Like you can say, yeah, I, you can say, well, I remember I had that fly, that, that paper, it was a third of the way down on the left-hand pile on top of the green flyer. And you can actually go back and file it. That's how we think. We don't think in alphabetical order, but reverse chronologically, we can actually find things, which is why piles make sense. They work. So what I have people do is create action files, little mini files of the things you need to do. And then you assign yourself a time and you just work on it for 10, 15 minutes a day and make sure that you work on your, your action files. Give yourself a time to do it every day. And what happens is suddenly you don't have all this backlog of stuff and you're just working on a few action files that are things you're working on. And action files are categories. You have the little one-time quick actions you have projects that have a lot of actions to them. And then you have what I call permanent action files, the things you're always going to need. You're always going to have to read items. We all do. You're always going to have to pay items. You're always going to have different categories for different people. Like some people always will have coupons. Some people always, you know, will have, I don't know, jokes, whatever it is that's your thing but you're gonna have permanent action. So you have the quick action, the projects, and the permanent action. And then I have a filing system that I designed that's excellent, or you can do an electronic filing system like the Paper Tiger or one of those. And honestly, if you work it, if you sort first, and then you handle it in reverse, you can honestly get through all of your papers. I don't care how many papers you have. A question rolled by that said something about keeping papers for years because she didn't have the money, bills for years because she didn't have the money to pay them. Right. And my answer to that is, I think I've walked a mile in everyone's moccasins. And I remember in the early years when I had to close my real estate office and organizing was just something I did because people were calling me up. It wasn't a business. And there were times I couldn't pay all my bills. And here's what I learned. I learned that if you don't pay a bill this month, it's coming back next month. 
bills. You don't have to worry about that. So you can throw all those two-year-old bills away because you know what? They will come back and they pay the ones that you can. I read this book about you draw a line. No, Dave Ramsey says he draws a line. And if you're under the red, all your priority bills are above the line. <laughs> then you draw a line and all the ones you can't pay this month go under the line. I thought that was genius. I wish I had read that like, you know, 22 years ago when I was brand new in my business. I didn't know about that. It's a great idea. No stress. You're either over the line, you get paid this month, or you're under the line, you get paid when I get some extra money. See, I think we stress out over stuff that we don't need to stress out about. And, and the other thing is, because yeah. I understand that organizing is not about stuff, anybody can call me up. I'm completely accessible. I answer my phone. You know, I don't have to answer my phone. I choose to answer my phone. So anyone can call me, and, and I invite your listeners to call me. If you have a question, I will personally answer it for you because we, we're so stressed out, and it's just, we don't have to be so stressed out. It's just stuff, you know? It's not life and death and all. It's just stuff. And we get so caught up in yeah. stuff. But... So you can be the organizing counselor because you can oh, people. Oh, nice. I wish you had said to that me. to me like 20 years ago. I'd have probably tagged it. It's too late now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. But I mean, it just seems like that. But you could always use that in your marketing, my dear. <laughs> that you counsel people on, you know, how to uh, how to let go emotionally of their stuff. Because I really think from what you're saying and all of the experiences that you've had with people, and I know I'm emotional about my stuff. So if I'm emotional about my stuff, I don't think I'm that much different than most people. Um, City Sheik's talked about keeping all her babies, her daughter's baby stuff. Well, I've kept a lot of that too because I'm emotional about it. It's something that I want to keep that, you know, my daughters look at and go, I'll never put that on my kids. Okay, well then when I die, you can do whatever you want with it. You know, but I'm not getting rid of it because it's your stuff when you were a baby, you know, and that's okay. I have the space, so I don't feel guilty about it. But I get, but I think that there is, and this is the whole point of this conversation and, and this whole idea of getting organized. There is a point where you, you go from being a saver to a piler to a hoarder. And I think, you know, I'm kind of, I'm in the low end of the piles because I don't think I'm, I'm that bad. But my poor husband just cleaned his office and it hadn't been cleaned in, I want to say, 10 years. I mean, dusted, yes, vacuumed, but piles and piles. He got rid of his big desk because he thought that'll motivate him to go through his stuff. And it did. Oh, my God. His office looks amazing. Could he use more? He, he's, he works on it a little every day. He, he took your advice, even though he didn't know you, because I told him to do. Uh, just do a little every day, because if you try to do everything, it's like, what's that whole point of eating an elephant? You eat it one bite at a time. Because if you look at the elephant, you think, oh, I'm going to, I'll get sick before I finish it. Of course you will. But if you do it slowly and baby steps, and every time you see a little progress, you feel right. really good That's about right. yourself. It that's what you're doing. You're making people feel really good about themselves. That's right. They're when, making when I was decisions. going out to clients, I, my, the, one of the my favorite things to hear was, I feel so good about myself because that let me know I did a good job because they feel good about themselves and how well they did. 
And I would always tell people when they did a good job. And there were people that never heard that for me. I only, I only said it if it was really true. Because some people really do a really good job because they have to get beyond, you know, uh, the, the, the feeling of feeling so trapped and stuck. And we do, we get stuck. And hoarding is not about the amount of stuff we have. Hoarding is about our inability to handle it or let it go. Hoarding is emotional. Stuff, we all, we all are attached to our stuff. I mean, our society is all about stuff. You know, we get marketed to about stuff. Stuff defines us when we allow it to. And we have to detach from thinking that stuff means as much as it does, because it doesn't. No, it's just stuff. No, it's stuff. And it doesn't matter if it's 400 pairs of shoes or 400 empty margarine tubs or 400 pieces of paper. It's just stuff. And we're bigger than that. We're better than that. And, and we need to look beyond that. I mean, we're in a big world. And, and, and we, we need to look beyond our stuff. And it's very hard to unattach when you make it mean something that it doesn't necessarily have to mean. That's well said, well said. So what one bit of advice would you give, would you like to share that we probably haven't had, we haven't talked advice about, about organizing? Allow time okay. for it every single day. Don't, don't, don't say, well, I don't have time today, so I'm gonna put in an hour or two hours in the, on the weekend or, at the end of the month, or instead of going on my vacation this year, I'm going to spend that time in my office. Don't do that. Do 15 minutes a day, every single day. Set the timer for it. Tag it to something. If you think you don't have 15 minutes a day, find a time that you do. Get up 15 minutes early, go to bed 15 minutes late. But if you just give yourself 15 minutes every day, that's over an hour a week. And I don't care what you have to organize. If you organize it for 52 hours in a year, it's going to be done. I don't care how much stuff you have in your garage. If you give it 52 hours, it'll go away. So don't say you don't have time to organize because you can find 15 minutes. And if you just don't have 15 yeah. minutes for real, everything's gone wrong. It's a horrible day. Then give yourself five minutes and stretch it to six and then stretch it to seven and then keep stretching because that's your gift to yourself as long as that's something that you say that you really want. And have you found that when people put 15 minutes aside, they often do a lot more than that because they get so Always. engrossed in what they're doing? I've come into my office many times with the intention of just cleaning off my desk takes five minutes and I'll get started and I'll find something that I need to put away. And then I find something else and I'm like, Oh, right. pretty soon I've spent an hour, you know, and I'm really feeling good about it because I've done it. You know, it's that for it's, I think it's that first push. It's kind of like starting an exercise plan. First of all, you've got to put on the shoes <laughs> and the outfit to get ready to exercise. The next thing is you do, you have to walk out the door or walk into wherever it is or go or or take that step of what it is your whatever workout experience you want, and I think that that's the hardest part. People can put the shoes on, but then they don't get to the, you know, <laughs> the, the 
they don't show up for the class or whatever. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about creativity because it sounds to me like you've been a very creative business owner. You've really made not only a, a wonderful name for yourself and you're a, an amazing uh, amazing at what you do now. You're training other organizers. So you've come to a point in your career where you've you've done and mastered a lot and now you're showing other people how to do it. How do you, um, where do you, what do you, what process do you use to come up with like creative ideas for your business to get yourself in that space of, you know, now I'm doing, now I'm going to do this in my job or now I want to add this to my Honestly, I say I have failed forward and here's what I mean. (laughs) When I don't know what to do, I just do something. So for example, I needed before and after pictures because I need to upgrade my website because everybody under 40 tells me my website is terrible. Now, oldie goldies like myself love my website. I get people who call me and say, I read every word in your website. I love everything. I want to sign up for your program. That makes me feel wonderful. But then I get people under 40 who say, oh, your website's awful. You, It's terrible. People don't want to read all this stuff. I'm cleaning up my language or stuff. <laughs> and, and, and you need to fix it. So I decided, okay a big percentage of my market is under 40. So let me do that. So the young lady who's doing my website said, well, you need before and after pictures. And all my before and after pictures were dated because when I get into somebody's home, I forget to ask, can I take pictures? I I just, I look at the stuff, but that's not really the issue. I look at the person and I feel it. And I see that they really need me. And so I'm ready to like zone in and start on the stuff. But since I don't really don't go to clients anymore because I try to get my organizers out there. So I needed before and after pictures, but I didn't want to have to go. So my brand new organizing mastery class was invented because I needed before and after pictures and I didn't want to go. So what we do is you have to submit pictures that do not identify you in any way. We work in small groups online. And then, and we have people from all over the world. I have a woman from Germany. I have people from Canada. I have a lady in Paris. People all over the world are in my class. And they submit pictures. Every class, every group is small. They submit pictures. And then I get these amazing after pictures. So now I have way more pictures than I need. But you see, that was because I needed more and after pictures. So I was propelled to do something. I created the fast filing system program because I needed to do something and it, it just, it, it happened because I needed something. And the, my, my, the program that I just think is so wonderful, my SOS organizing program was invented because I needed to, my marketing guy said, you need to, to do something for people who you know, you need to increase your, your, you know, you, you got books now, you know, you're on a speaking circuit, you're doing all this stuff. You, you need, you need another program. And, and I didn't want to leave people behind because I know what it was like when I was a single mom with three little kids. And I remember, and I know that everybody can't afford to do all my programs. So I created a program that is so inexpensive that if you can afford to drive through and get a burger, you can afford to be in that program. And I did that because I didn't want to leave people behind. So that program was born 
for that reason. So I'm trying to, to cover all the bases. You know, I train organizers because I felt guilty. I didn't want to leave people behind. I had to have the SOS program that's only $27 a month because I didn't want to leave people behind. So I felt like, okay, they're okay now. Now I can do the other program. So I'm always trying to, I'm, I'm like the mom of the world. I'm always trying to take care of everyone. I don't want to leave. <laughs> I don't want to, like if, if somebody needs me, I want to be there, which is why I've always been committed to answering my phone. People have called me crying. People have called me crying from overseas. And I have to pay for that, you know, because on a cell phone, long distance, you have to pay. For it. But it's okay. It's okay. Because in the moment of crisis, I want to be there. And I promise people, if you just pick the phone and call me, I will help you for free once. And so that's my commitment to the world. And that's why. So I just, I think, I think my creativity comes from, I, I just want to help everybody. And I keep forgetting that I'm only one person. And so. But it sounds to me like you are the perfect example of necessity being the mother of invention because you yeah. needed to do these things for whatever stage in your business, which most of us do. And then you created a way to stay um, a part of things in just different ways, you know, and I think that's brilliant. I wish we had more time. I really do. I know we're running a little bit out of time. I know our guests are probably ready to go too. Um, but I want, and, and I don't like to go too much over an hour because then people tune out. And I, even though you have been fabulous, I think that people better watch this to the end because there is just so much valuable, valuable information you've shared. Um, do you happen to have a favorite website or a tip of the week or a resource, something that is your go-to every all the time that you well, love? Well, I like to think that my books, <laughs> plug my books, right? I like to think that my books are a good resource because people call me and tell me that. So I've written five books, but I'll just share one and the rest of them are all on Google and stuff. But my You have it? You can hold it up for the camera? Oh. Do you have a copy of it? Love to see it. And then we'll type it in here so people so can here's grab what a I'll copy. Do. Since we're gonna do that, I'll show you all. This this I think is whoops. This I think is the best one. It's the first one we wrote. It's a time management what? book called Organizing Your Day. This one has won awards and it should be in your public library. So if you are looking to get organized and organize your day, this I think this is a fabulous go-to resource. We designed it to be helpful. And it's a fun book. Sandra, when Sandra and I wrote it, Sandra did some research and she said, Marcia, she said, you know what I noticed when I was researching other organizing books? She said, they're boring. So our book is not boring. Our book is, all of our books are based in stories. Sandra is my co-author on all five of our books. Excellent. I'm writing that down. I'll make sure I share it after the, in the replay. And you, show us one more of your books. Because we have okay. to think we have well, time for one more. I'm gonna, hey, your I'm last gonna, one, you want to show the show newest you one you have? And the reason I'm cheating is because... Five days to a clutter-free house is great when you're trying to organize stuff, but 10 time management choices, someone told me she found it at Walmart or Publix or something. 
So this is available like in stands. We were told it would be available in airport kiosks. But when she found it at Walmart, we, I was very excited about that. <laughs> that is very exciting. That means that the um, that the, this book distributor is yeah. doing their job very well. What, what's the best way that our, our uh, audience can I am very questions? accessible. So I'm going to give you everything. My phone is... Go ahead. I'm going to type while you're talking. I can be reached at area code 305-467-2000. Eight five uh -huh. six four, and what I tell people is just pick up the phone and call me. It's okay if I can talk to you. I will. If I can't, I'll call you back. That's the that and email. I always answer my email. Email is Marcia Sims. That's M A R S H A S I M S at sortitout.net. And it's .net, not .com. And your website that is, is sortitout.net. And I, I really do try to be available and accessible. I think that's important because a lot of business owners get to the point where you can't reach them anymore. You know, they're shielded. And I don't want to do that because when I talk to people, they tell me what they need and then I go create it. So I guess the other way that I get inspiration is from what people tell me they need. Like I'm getting ready to do a program for hoarders because I did a marketing thing and like 12 people wrote me and said, I'm interested in a class for hoarders. I figure if 12 people are interested, wow. 300 people might be interested. So I'll, I'm, yeah, that's right. Well, because not everybody's right. going to write. So usually like 1% will write. So you probably got at least yeah. another 300, if not. Three thousand. So, so, so that's in the works, yeah. and I'm going to create that because people want it. So I get inspired by talking to people because you never know. You know, somebody could call me and say the one thing that is the one thing that people really need, and if I know the answer, I'll share it. Well, here's what you've done right in business, and I think that a lot of people can learn from this: is the fact that you give people what they want, not what you think they need. And I think that in business, we we start a business thinking, because I've done this, so I know I'm firsthand knowledge, that I think that people need one thing and, and it's not selling, not, not going anywhere. It's, you know, very dull, whatever. And, it, and I realize it's because it's not what people really either want or need or are willing to pay for. So then you have to find out right. what it is they want. So you're doing it right because before you create these amazing programs, write these amazing books, you're finding out exactly what it is people want and need. So thank you for that. And I just wanted to say again, thank you, Marcia, for, for, first of all, dealing with all the technology we had at the beginning. It was, uh, it was interesting. And uh, I appreciate your being so patient and, and sticking around and uh, sharing your time and also for being with us today. We've been listening. We've been talking to Marcia Sims from Sorted Out uh, Professional Organizing Services. And that's sortitout.net. Be sure and visit her website. And our next show will be Candy Barone next Wednesday, February 24th at two o'clock. And she will be talking about you empowered. So be sure and tune into the entrepreneur show on, um, on Wednesday next week. And I think following that we have Raleigh Pinsky who's written a ton of books, you know, Raleigh, uh, my very first book that the very first uh, book she wrote, I 
I still have the book dog-eared and and highlighted, and it's it's like a it's all about uh, promote yourself. I think is the name of the book, and it's probably twenty years old, but it was one of the best, easy to read, easy to implement books on on promoting yourself. And I'm going to definitely get the book organizing your day by Marcia Sims. So thank you very much, Marcia, for being with us. My Have pleasure. a great day, everyone. <laughs> bye -bye. All right, bye bye. And thank you to our guests for joining in today. Bye-bye.